And here he is, Mr. Eliminated himself. <laughs> hello, hello. It's, it's wonderful to be back. I've missed the booth. I've missed a pair of your shimmering faces. We should get, <laughs> we should get a booth. We should. Yeah. <laughs> what, so that we can green, everyone get the green screen. <laughs> I will create a set and we'll fucking Twitch stream all of our podcasts from a booth. Incredible. Right, hold oh, on. Oh, would I have to wear a suit? No. Okay. Just show up in your, in your usual attire and you'll be fine. Can I get, can I get one of those John Watson microphones that like you put right under your nose like this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can do if you want. I'll be the guy on the street. You'd have want... the best damn audio quality in town. I want one of those microphones that that guy from Corn had. <laughs> <laughs> With the naked lady. <laughs> Is that where we want to go with this? Do we want to be that crass? <laughs> oh. Sometimes I do feel like Free Connolly. <laughs> no one was freakier than that guy from Corn as well. So in many ways, that's, that's autobiographical. The, the power emanating from that dreadlocks and kilt combo. Just <laughs> unstoppable. Like a solar eclipse. One of my favourite things about Corn, uh, there's very few, but one of my favourite <laughs> things about Corn is uh, that they they all clearly have had some form of talent, but nobody had any idea what they were doing with it. It was almost like Misfits, but the band. Um, <laughs> like the Misfits, watched... but the band, not to be confused with Misfits, the band. The band, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Channel Four sitcom. Um, no, the fucking. Uh, I watched the tutorial um, once where they had like the guy from Corn like explaining how he played Freak on a Leash because you know when you're up at three a.m. on a YouTube binge at like when you're fifteen years old, like sometimes those those videos come up and you're like, oh fuck it, I'll just listen to the guy from Corn talking about Freak on a Leash. Was was Monkey your base idol growing up? Absolutely not. Was it was it Monkey? One of them's called Monkey. Yeah, I don't know. I think I know Monkey. I know Fieldy, and I know Head. And I think I know Head's the guitarist. Yeah, and, and then the singer was called Jonathan. Jonathan. Yeah, Jonathan Davis. <laughs> yeah, Jonathan Davis. Um, um, we talked yeah. about Corn for too long. Welcome to Sniff Up a Lip, the NFL podcast by Brits, with me, Ed Wilkins. Me, Emma Hebron. Me, Sam Long. Me, Tom Chapel. Excellent. Lovely. Welcome to the postseason. Thank you for having me. You guys have been here already, but thank you for having me. I mean, like, last time we recorded was a week 17 wrap-up. This is the, the first postseason only pod. That's true. Oh. This Sorry, the maiden voyage of the postseason. Yeah. Sorry, two thirds of the host teams on this call didn't make <laughs> it. <laughs> weren't good enough. I mean, we weren't. I mean, we weren't, and I don't think the Steelers were. So Tom's looked into something here. Most likely, oh, no, just... I knew that. I knew that, that one was coming. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I just wanted to get one in early. I know. <laughs> okay. I think we should uh, have a look at some of the upcoming week one wildcard games. Sounds like a plan. And then, guys, for a treat, should we do a uh, an awards prediction? 
our, yeah. our own <sighs> vote for who wins each award category. The yeah. Stiff Upper Lip Award Show. Of course. <laughs> the Lippies. <laughs> it's better than the stiffies, okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay. Um let, let's just go in order of like um let's go chronologically and uh start I don't off. I don't want to go chronologically. I want well, to do are. it fine. I started this pod. I ended <laughs> it too. I didn't. I've had very little input before the last <laughs> Three months. Yeah, but these but... three months have been the most crucial part. You've come in <laughs> in the clutch. Yeah, I don't. I don't understand. But Tom's sorry. Sam's mustache at the moment just looks like two sort of eyebrows on holiday. <laughs> yeah, I've like I've I've grown a mustache, but failed to think of, about the fact that I can't grow the middle of my mustache. So it just looks like two completely separate smaller mustaches. <laughs> you know way, they, they look more like eyebrows than my actual eyebrows. I was about to say this exact same point. Your eyebrows look like the ends of a mustache, and your and your mustache looks like an eyebrow. <laughs> <laughs> Makes you think, doesn't it? You look fierce as fuck. That's what I'll say. I know. <laughs> right. Just like. This Buffalo Bills offense. Oh, he's brought oh, it back, guys. Oh. He's, he's segwaying it. Bills at Colts. Wait, no, Colts at Bills. Colts at Bills. Colts at Bills, obviously. Mm-hmm. Winners of the, the AFC East. Uh, juggernauts, frankly. Um, do you see any way that Buffalo are tripped up by this indie team and it's Aging, aging, aging quarterback. Yeah. Um, the only way that I could possibly see the Bills losing out in this game is if they forget how to play run defense and Jonathan Taylor runs all over them. Because I don't I don't see the I I don't see the passing game being a trouble for this Bills defense, and I don't see the Colts defense matching up against the Bills offense too well. Mm. Yeah, I would go along with that. I mean, obviously, it's the postseason. Best team on the day wins it, and all all the cliches you want. But going into this game, the Bills are the clear favourites. They certainly the form team in the AFC right now. The Colts they've played well for like big, like large stretches of the season. They've played well, but they have sort of limped into the postseason a little bit. Mm. Yeah, it 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 feels a little bit as though sort of. The Colts came in very undervalued. They didn't really yeah. get much attention throughout the regular season, and then they well, I mean, sort of, they didn't they... really deserve it with how Josh Allen was playing last year. The Colts, my friend. The Colts. Oh, the Bills got a lot of fucking props <laughs> for this season. But... Uh, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, you can argue the same point as in like they didn't deserve it with how Phil Rivers played last year. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, anyone who thought that Phil Rivers was going to come in and be anything more than a stopgap at this point, mm. would, just because they didn't have like a high enough draft pick to draft a decent quarterback, well, let's just get an aging veteran who can keep the engine ticking over until we get someone better. I think he's gonna he's gonna be playing next year. Well, next season. He'll I think be he's gonna be playing next season. Yeah, but I don't know. He probably won't be an indie. I think he will. I think I'll stick by him. 
see, this is the thing. It's it's how impressed have they been with Phil Rivers? To be fair, this season he's definitely yeah recaptured some of his form. Yeah, uh, he certainly looked you know, better than I expected him to. But how much of that is behind the best pass blocking O line O line in the yeah. NFL? Yeah. yeah, which is huge to be honest. Um, he definitely wouldn't be playing another season if he was behind that Chargers O-line again, that's for sure. No. no he'd be... <laughs> You'd have already had like a spine transplant. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which sounds like a skating move more than a, a medical <laughs> disease. Philly <laughs> Rivers busted out a spine transplant. <laughs> <laughs> like I was at the X Games for a second. <laughs> Especially looking at Tom. <laughs> Tom's, your luck is the most X Games of anyone I've ever seen. Right, he's on some X Games shit. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm I'm incredibly excited to uh, to watch this game. I am, but for maybe really, the reasons, yeah. I really hope Jonathan Taylor has a good game. He's been so great, especially like the past three or four weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the former Wisconsin Badger. Um, but do, do you know what's going to be the best thing about this game? Go on. Orchard Park. Bills Orchard. in their home Aww. kits. Colts in their away kits. Colts in the white. Bills in the blue. Yeah. It's going to be. Gonna, it's going to be very pleasing on the eyes. I, can, is... I saw as I was as I was talking about this. I saw Tom start to nod, which is like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very sexy one. One for the old visuals, that's for sure. I just feel. I feel so happy for Bills fans. Um... Yeah, me too. Mm. They they deserve it. They deserve a deep postseason run. Oh, certainly. Yeah. Well, they're going to get a deep postseason run. <laughs> you hope they're going to get a deep postseason run. It would be very bills to shit they, the bed against I, a much inferior opponent in week one I of postseason. I absolutely think they're going to probably not steamroll the Colts, but this does not strike me as a close game. I'm scared of the jinx. I'm I'm very scared of the jinx right now. The Colts are coming into it as the big underdogs. I have got the Bills going like all the way. I'm scared that we're all going to be made to look like fucking fools. So I'm I'm going to put my neck out and say that the Bills are going to win. But Christ, if the Colts win, we're going to look like fucking dicks. I just don't see how I don't see how their offense can keep up with the Bills. I, just... I mean, that's true, but that in DeForest Buckner, I mean, he he breaks games single handedly when he's allowed to play. Oh yeah, yeah. When he's allowed to play, like he's just in a cage on the sideline. <laughs> <laughs> you know, is there um, is there a little bit of a question mark about the Bills' run game uh, this this season? It seems as though they sort of they're all right, and they can sort of get. Maybe a couple of yards, but I don't really look at Devin Singletary or Zach Moss as like guys that can carry a team. Um, no. It's it's very much the Josh Allen show right now in Buffalo, which is perfectly fine. He's he's absolutely incredible this year. And, you know, when you've got Diggs and Beasley and Dawson Knox to throw it to, then, you know, you've got you've got options there. Yeah, you're forgetting Gabe Davis, you're forgetting um, John Brown. Like, their pass-catching core is very, very good. Yeah. But 
I was going to just say, yeah, they've sort of, I think they've tried to like essentially moneyball the NFL and decided, you know what, we're going to go <laughs> running back by committee. We're going to, we're going to get points in the aggregate, like rather than, rather than have like one feature back. And that might actually be a very, very, very effective way of doing this. Cause you wouldn't say that any of those rushes are objectively bad. No, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I wouldn't say that any of them were particularly good either they just sort of sit in that very middling category i feel like if there was going to be anything that could stop them it'd be a good run defense which the colts do have but they'll just pass over the top of them i think yeah yeah shall we move on decided the bills will win the bills are going to win that is the stiff upper lip podcast decision (laughs) mm-hmm We've consulted with the football gods. <laughs> right, where, where to next? Okay, uh, I think the next game tomorrow is Rams-Seahawks. Yes, Rams at Seahawks. A big divisional clash in the NFC West. Between two teams that sort of come into it with very up-and-down rollercoaster form right now, I don't, I don't trust the Seahawks' offense as much as I don't trust the Rams' offense right now, which yeah. is weird to say about a Russell Wilson-led offense after the well, start on the, on he had. The starting John Walford. Yes. Are yes they, they is are. he confirmed starting? I think so. Okay, then Seahawks win. <laughs> I was about to say, are you really <laughs> trusting Russ Wilson the same level as you trust John Walford? Absolutely not, no. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if it's... I mean, he looked, he looked far better than he had any right to earlier. Yeah. Yeah, but that's that's what the McVay system does. It elevates it elevates quarterbacks to sort of like a minimum standard. I mean, they got away with doing it with Jared Goff for fucking two years. Well, yeah. So, actually, is there, is there really that much different between Jared Goff and John Wolford right probably, now? Probably, you know. Apart from fucking $160 million? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, probably very little in terms of performance. I think, I think, okay, I don't think they've said who's starting, but he is questionable. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a thumb injury on his throwing hand. It's not like yeah. a stub toe, excuse me, stub toe or whatever. Um, yeah, I, I'd, I'd say Seahawks too. Uh, like, John Wolford looked great, I think, considering that, you know, it was his first start in the NFL or first game in the NFL yeah but um, yeah I, I just I can't trust an offense with him at the helm nor, nor for that matter Jared Goff <laughs> <laughs> makes you wonder how they made it doesn't it yeah well, we know how they made it Aaron Donald and Sean McVay it's how they made it but like yeah, yeah. I, I equally am very, very worried about Seattle when Aaron Donald comes to play because that O-line yeah. is suspect. Yeah, I certainly, I don't feel terribly confident in, you know, in that Seahawks prediction, but like I don't I don't see how anyone could look at the Rams, especially the past kind of five or six weeks, and have any confidence that they'll be able to produce enough. Conversely, the Seahawks, uh, it doesn't matter which quarterback they face, are right now 
as we've seen with, you know, Colt McCoy going in there and providing an upset, if you can get a, a relatively functional offense with a bad quarterback going into Seattle, it it isn't well, yeah. it isn't like the quarterback is gonna hold them back because Seattle's pass defense is bad enough that it doesn't matter who you're putting in there, they're gonna get yards, they're gonna get movement, and they're gonna get points. And I I'm not entirely sold on the Seahawks at all after sort mm. of week eight this year. Oh, I, I am far from sold on the yeah. Seahawks. I was I was so high on the Seahawks coming into this season. Mm-hmm. Like the first couple of episodes of of this for this year, uh oh, it was like living in the clouds. Well, you were the but, one that was spouting the let Russ cook for the uh, for the podcast, and for seven glorious weeks, <laughs> he was grilling up a storm until he ran into the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, but yeah, uh, I don't feel terribly strongly about this one. I'm not entirely sure that I want to watch it. <laughs> yeah. I, want, I want to watch it because this is this represents one of the few games of football we're going to get until like no, I will September. I'll probably like watch it while I'm doing a jigsaw. Well, it comes at quite a nice time because it's in the middle of the evening. Uh, there's plenty of scope to. You know, put something else on if you want, and then just mm-hmm. tune in halfway. It's pretty much what I did with all of the Thanksgiving games, and look how that turned out. I didn't know anything <laughs> coming into the podcast. <laughs> I was about to say you could have said this is. I, I'll watch this game out of the corner of my eye while I do a deep dive in the coaches' film. With, Absolutely uh, not. Fuck that. Colts Bills. <laughs> what will probably be happening is I'll probably be playing Madden. At the same oh, that's time. fair. Yeah. I'll be doing a deep dive into uh, EA's shonky programming. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I was so certain you were going to say shonky earlier, and then you didn't. <laughs> yeah. And you you pulled it out when I least expected it. <laughs> um, Pulls out the shonky. <laughs> the, uh, the last game uh, tomorrow, or early Sunday, is Buck's football team, is it not? It's funny that we're going to get one of the nicest aesthetics in football happening in the in the sort of dusk hours and then well in the early afternoon really and then we're going to get this absolute eyesore happening later on bucks what at how away sorry at FedEx field with the with one of the worst color clashes at the moment that you put burgundy on like maroon in the nfl it's a bad it's a bad sign yeah and then you throw in orange and yellow and a, a little bit of brown what? what i can't remember the books away like uniform it's it's crap yeah i'll have a look because i'm actually quite a big fan of the uh, the football teams yeah kind of i'll pastiche this season. I like the football team's like colour scheme, just not when they play against a team in maroon. When they're playing a team in blue, for example the boys in blue, then I'm fine with it. Yeah, when they play the Cowboys it looks beautiful, because that's like football that... Oh, isn't isn't the white one their away kit? Yeah, yeah. but they also sometimes yeah. use the sort of full grey as well. Yeah, I don't like the kind of off grey. No. Yeah. Can, I, can I tell you guys a story about... Um... Dan Snyder that you might not know about. Go on. Did you know that after 9-11, 
he um, increased ticket prices by $5 as a special security fee, but hired no extra security guards. Sounds about right. This, <laughs> this is the most Dan Snyder thing I've ever heard. Um, one of my favorite things about Dan Snyder being just incompetent is, uh, you know, when they drafted Dwayne Haskins, he uh, specifically requested to take charge of their first, like, three rounds of draft picks. <laughs> so it is responsible... Uh, it is Dan Snyder's responsibility why the Washington football team are again going to have to look for a new quarterback. I mean, Shameful. they did also draft Montez Sweat, which, like, fair play. He's a, he's a good. Mm. That is the most. That is the most sort of. I think it's the biggest investment in the NFL right now, isn't it? The Washington D line. Yeah, I think he's going to make Tom Brady sweat if you <laughs> if you catch my drift. Tom's about to say. Well, if you pressure Brady up the middle, that's how it's true. I've already said this before, and you, you jumped down my throat. I'm just going to say that that D-line is going to really fucking pressure Tom Brady. I'm not going to lie. I saw people I saw people immediately writing off the Washington football team in this game, completely forgetting that the Bucks' run game has been bad this year. They just lost Mike Evans. Like they've still got quite a few pass catching options, but like the safety valve of Mike Evans is gone. And when the Bucks face a stout defense, they they have played like ass. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. I can't argue with it. I'm gonna hop out for a minute and return a call and go get a beer, so I'll leave you two to finish discussing this this game. I, I, I'm finished. I'm finished. Aw, oh, but the next one will probably be interesting. Well, don't return your call and get a beer then. Oh, Save the next one's Ravens-Titans! Ha-ha! <laughs> okay, no, you're not allowed to talk about Ravens-Titans until I get back, nor any of the other games. So, Derek Henry, Tom... What are your views on Derrick Henry? <laughs> well, I think that it's going to be the, the clash of the titans between both teams' power run schemes. I swear to God, I will edit racial slurs into both of yours. <laughs> <laughs> He'll do it. He'll fucking do it. I will. I'll be back in a minute. He's a I crazy what, that, madman. Yeah, that moustache makes him look crazy enough to do it. It does. Every day, one man must sit on the floor in some pillows next to a clothing rail in a spare room while his colleagues sit on a comfy bed with appropriate seating. For just £200 in total, we can get this man a chair and a table so that he can podcast in comfort and not need to stretch his groin every week. Please, please pledge as much as you can or as much as you really want to to this poverty-stricken boy and help him afford a table and chair. Please go to http colon forward slash forward slash www.stiffupperlippod.com forward slash the cleft chinchilla appeal appeal. Thank you and please donate what you can to this unfortunate boy. Thank you. This has been a message brought to you by the Cleft Chinchilla Appeal Appeal Foundation. If you would like to know more, please visit our website. Thank you. Is there any football sort of themed topics we can... Would you like to perhaps give us a plug? I know you you do like a plug. I do enjoy a good plug. Um, 
I've got a little bit of a thing. Do you remember the uh, Dalton scale project that I was working on about a year I, ago? I so do. I have recently just sent it to my personal PC so I can do it in the off season, and I can get that out. And you know where you can where you can read that. You'll be able to read that on https colon forward slash forward slash gridironextra.com because I'm going to be posting it over there instead because they'll appreciate ah. it more than stiff upper lip readers. You bastards. Yeah, how dare you. We, we've been with you from the start. Yeah, come on. Where, where's <laughs> our love? Yeah. It's a one-sided relationship here. Um, What topics were discussed? America being a bastard. Uh, the... The total listens and uh, Gridiron Extra. Yeah. Our friends at gridironextra.com. <laughs> That's extra um, without the E. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ed, have, you, have you ever watched Gogglebox, Ed? Yes, I have watched Gogglebox. Have you seen any of the sort of last five seasons where they've got uh, Pete and Sophie from Blackpool on it? I'm not sure if I have, you know. They usually have funky mugs and... They the young'uns? Yeah. Yes, I do. I have seen them. You're absolutely Ed, right. Ed, whenever you do that minus the E, you sound like Pete from <laughs> from Gogglebox. <laughs> also, fun fact about Pete and Sophie from Gogglebox, they're related to Paul and Barry Chuckle. It's their niece and nephew. Mental. Yeah. I only found it out a few weeks ago, but yeah. There it's incredible. Go. How, how did you find it out? Did you use your contacts within the Chuckle family? <laughs> the ninth Chuckle brother. He's got Tom's got a mole inside the operation. <laughs> I mean, I've got more than enough on my own face. What What are the birth uh, names of Paul and Barry Chuckles? What What are the birth names of Paul and Barry Chuckle? Paul and Barry. Chuckle. No, but Chuckle. Oh, Elliot. Oh, so, sorry, Sam. There's no Chuckle. stage names. <laughs> to chuckle vision, to chuckle vision. Oh yeah, Hold it's on. Paul and Bobby Elliot. Yeah. Hold on, I have relatives on both sides of my family that are Elliot. Could I, could I be related to the Chuckle Brothers? Answers are slim. But I'm going to go on non. a genealogy website and they're certainly what, not on. Who do you think you are? <laughs> to me. <laughs> 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 okay. Can you be quiet, please, darling? We're trying to record a podcast here. <laughs> okay. Ravens Titans. Back on track. I am so excited for this game. It is going to be an absolute slobber knocker. I, I pretty heavily favor the Ravens, but I, you can't ever discount this Titans team. No. and I love it. It's it's a it's a strange thing, but the Titans' lack of pass rush is actually to their benefit in this game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how many passing yards do they have last game? The Ravens equally, if it's not broke, don't fix it. They had no yeah. need to pass, but they rushed for four hundred and forty yards, didn't they? Yeah, I think they had about a hundred yards of passing. But this is the thing: it's it's as Ed sort of says, like them not having a a. Well, the Titans not having a pass rush and not getting pressure on quarterbacks means that they're so ineffective at hitting the backfield that Lamar Jackson can't escape the backfield because where's he going to go? He's just going to run into yeah. the fucking Hall of Titans in front of him. <laughs> yeah, I it, it's a strange, a strange sort of clash of styles because on the one hand, 
I, I'm just excited to see which because it's power running. It's like it's power running. Do you do you is it Derek Henry's power rushing that's going to win, or is it the sort of Baltimore compliment? The Baltimore <laughs> compliment sounds like a WNBA team. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I was thinking I was it sounds say, like a, yeah, wrestling. I was say it sounds like a sex act, but oh, we've, <laughs> <laughs> Would you like me to say the would you like me to say Baltimore compliment in the voice? Go on. The Baltimore compliment. There you go. Oh, <laughs> it is actually like... very canny. Wow. It's very canny. We're gonna have get you... sued by Channel 4 TV for that. <laughs> I think Channel 4 have got better things to do with their time with all, with re- with due respect. <laughs> Shall we all go on the goggle box? Shall we all apply? I don't think <laughs> I don't think you could just like go on. No, you can't. No, you literally just have to apply, and they'll just like. I think this is a, a Sex Pistols scenario where they you think it's just regular people, but there's been auditions, all you know, professional actors. What? Oh yeah, the the Sex Pistols were like one of the yeah. first boy bands. They were put together by no. Yeah, I had this no is idea. not a joke. Oh my god! That's it's what the deep state doesn't want you to know. Oh shit! Maybe <laughs> the moon your landing, eyes. Maybe the moon landing was faked. Tom, <laughs> you mean you believe in the moon? <laughs> Who are you? You've been waiting to use that ever since. That, that big ball of rock fort. <laughs> <laughs> it's just tinfoil in the sky. You believe in the sky? Tinfoil in the <laughs> sky. Okay. <laughs> Raven's Titan. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. Um, I mean, well, what what more is there to say about this? Yeah, we could just name players. I think this is just gonna be Adam Humphreys, J.K. Dobbins, <laughs> Gus Edwards. Dobbins is such a good surname. He is. Yeah, he sounds like a donkey. It, yeah, it's like a. He sounds like a regular in like open all hours. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think this is just going to be a well, not a shootout, but in terms of the score, a bit of a shootout, like a trundle out. Yeah. Who are we calling? Uh, uh, the Ravens by a hair. I'm going to say Titans. I'm going to say Titans, and I'm going to say that it's like an overtime Derrick Henry run because he seems to I'd, love doing that. I was going to say, I think this, I think this is going to go to overtime. I'm I'm going to also make a non-football prediction that John Harbaugh is going to bitch about the like on-field uh, conditions in Tennessee, saying that it favoured the Ra- uh, Titans' running game, even though the Ravens have a running game. I will, I will give you no odds at all. I mean, I'd be surprised if that wasn't what he was doing right now. Yeah, he's just pre—he's drafting up his losing uh, ceremonial bitch. <laughs> right. What's the next game? Um, and this like incredible AFC postseason. That this podcast, as a as a unit, respects the Ravens, and I do not agree with Tom's visceral hatred of them. No, I hate John Harbour. I uh, I'm not a massive fan of John Harbour. Exactly. I rescind that statement. Fuck you, John Harbour. <laughs> <laughs> and moving on to a non-Harbour related game. It's a game that Ed is going to struggle to pick. It's Bears-Saints. Ooh. 
I wow. I'll have I'll have difficulty saying which of these <laughs> teams I want to win. I I was having a chat with Eddie and Emma last night about the Bears, and I was I was like, you know what? Emma staunchly thinks that they have a chance here. Maybe I've been too quick to judge. So I went back and watched their Jags game, and that score was incredibly flattering. Like Mitch did not play well. There were so many overthrown and underthrown passes. Well, like, hey Sam, it's almost as though I've been, I've been. Well, I didn't, calling... I didn't know they were that bad. Yeah, like I saw bits of it on Red Zone, and it was very complimentary. Like he, all the big plays were like Jimmy Graham and uh god graham that's not nice i hate that i hate that you've just pronounced it that way because that's how americans say it because i've been sat for ages watching yeah fucking bears jags i said Um, nissan once because of the fucking (laughs) amount of nissan adverts (laughs) and it is awful Um, awful but yeah all the big plays were just kind of you know jimmy graham and uh, like alan robinson like doing all the work and like the the cornerbacks were terrible well i mean i don't know i don't know what you were i don't know what you were sort of walking into this expecting i don't know what as much as i i like the bears because emma was so confident yeah, but Emma's Listen, gonna be confident because they won they made it to the postseason, but it doesn't well, also mean that she's anyway. got blind optimism like everyone she's, that enters the postseason has got. Yeah. There's a lot of heart there. Unfortunately, the Bears don't have the talent to back all like really any of that up. Oh yeah, this uh, I think they'll get absolutely decimated. And I think isn't um Alvin. Alvin back. Kamara is playing this game. If it was played on yeah. a Saturday, then he would have been out because of COVID. But it's been played on the Sunday, which means he is ready. I think, yeah, I really, really don't see a way the Bears are going to make a dent here. Careful, Sam, they'll come for you if the Bears end up uh, winning. We know what they did to Adam Rank, who I found out his name. (laughs) Not the Bears. Ah, Bears. Well, Adam Rank is a Bears fan as well. Yeah. It's weird that they came for him and chose to die on that hill when he predicted seven and nine and they went eight and eight. I don't, yeah, it doesn't make sense, but sure, go for it. Um, what was it? This might actually be though, you know, with, with Breeze and Trubisky, this might be the two most sort of QB friendly playbooks in the whole NFL. Yeah. Is yeah. Michael Thomas playing this game? Yes. He I think, yeah. is back because they chose to rest him week 17 specifically mm-hmm. so that they didn't have him get hurt and also potentially get COVID. He's been a complete non factor this year. He's been hurt for most of it. Yeah. And then played, when he played, he Drew had Brees Taysom Hill. Like, yeah, him and Drew, Drew Brees have played like two games. It's, it, all right. Listen to me. <laughs> If if you're right, you're right to say, oh, he's missed time X. What on earth are you doing resting him? You should be giving him snaps to... I, with, a, with a... No, but Ed, you specifically... When, when... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hearken this back here to... You're going to hate what I'm going to do here, but you specifically said, why are they playing Claypool and Connor and Juju in the Steelers-Browns game when they, like... 
Connor had missed most of the year because he keeps getting hurt in like the second play. Claypool didn't get very many targets for like four weeks, and Juju didn't get very many targets for a while. Why? Why are you choosing to die on that hill and then not with the Saints? Because there's a difference to resting one or two players and resting an entire offense. Like, if if there's mathematically nothing to play for, like there was for the Steelers, then sure. But don't. It's an insult to the opponent to say, "Oh, we don't need Michael Thomas," and it's a it's not the best I mean, thing in terms of him. I mean, surely if you were Michael Thomas, you'd want the ball in your hands as much as possible. I disagree entirely. Well, I've, I feel like I've spoken for about the Saints for too long without swearing. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want I mean, a complimentary yeah, is, fuck thrown in? Yeah, this is a win-win for you. If if the Saints win, then you'll have to be sad anyway because it's the Bears that they'll have driven into the ground like, you know, Dragon Ball, like thrown through a mountain. And if the Bears like... win, like, the Saints, you, the Saints are out. Honestly, nothing would make me happier than a Bears win because there's only two games a season where I actively dislike the Bears and it's the two that they're playing, the Vikings. Otherwise, I would say I have a pretty good relationship with the Bears, whereas the Saints, (laughs) I hate them with a living passion from their awful head coach to their gaudy gold kits. Um, I, I like the kits. I've one of I'm trying to build up a little catalogue of games that I've like obviously I haven't watched that much football prior to this year, which is silly given that I've been on a, a American football podcast for two. But the Viking Saints game from was it last year? Where you sent home. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, but, I've, or I've it got, could have been three years ago. Yeah. I've got I've got those in the bank. I'd say probably the one from three years ago was the better game. I seem to remember, did we watch the Vikings-Saints game together, Ed? Yeah, because that was when Beth was still liking the Saints. Before oh, the whole, yeah, that was it. Yeah. Whole, like, them scandal. giving PR to pedophiles scandal came out, which went away as soon as it had... D- Do you not know the story, Sam? I knew no. about it, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah the, the, the Saints PR department essentially gave some PR to some Catholic priests who'd been accused of paedophilia, which it turns out they obviously oh, had been doing. Saints. I quite like the Saints. God damn it. Well. There are skeletons in every closet, I guess, but like the number and the number and size of the skeletons in the Saints closet is quite worrisome. Mm. I feel mm. like I'll always be kind of slightly endeared to them. Even if it just pisses Ed off, I think I'm slightly indeed to them as well. Well, yeah, the the first Super Bowl I ever watched was when the Saints won it. There you go. If you want anyone that is listening, you can also send through all of your favourite games for Sam to watch. Um, oh, fuck yeah, please do. Send it to us over on Twitter and I will personally slap a list in front of him next time that I see him, regardless yeah, of whether like, or not that's now or in 15 years' time. Yeah, as, as someone who has not really watched any games bar the Super Bowl prior to this year. What what are the like the Hall of Fame of like just what, good games? What what era are we talking? Are we talking about like, the last few years? Uh, I'm gonna talking... say the last the last five years. 
the last five years. I want to. I want to keep it current. Right up there, I'd say the Chiefs. Um, the Chiefs Rams double fifty burger from a couple of years ago. And then the Chiefs was it Chiefs Patriots that also had like two teams over forty points as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Mad. Um, I'd say one of my favorite games that never gets really heralded, um, but it is absolutely fantastic. Is um, it's from a little bit outside of your your window, but I think it was Lions Browns twenty thirteen. Twenty thirteen was it? I know the exact one. Who was the Browns quarterback then? I don't know, but I. Isn't it Brandon Whedon? It might be Brandon Whedon versus Matthew Stafford, but it turns into this absolute gunslinging like duel that is just oh, it is peak Matt Stafford, and then he he wins the game in the most Matt Stafford way imaginable, and it basically meant that I liked Matt Stafford from that point on. Oh, yeah, it's one of my favorite games. I feel like it's impossible to dislike. I mean, the man threw a he threw a hail mary with a separated shoulder. Yeah, how can you not like that? That won the game. That it won was, the game. Yeah. It was the game-winning touchdown, and he runs off of the field with his shoulder like dangling, just going, "It's out! It's out! It's out!" <laughs> and everyone like comes to join him, and he's like, "It's out!" <laughs> oh, it's brilliant! It is absolutely glorious, Matt Stafford. But yes, anyway, send us all of your. Uh, favorite games and you can send them to our twitter account which is probably the best way to do it you can put them on facebook as well i might post a, a post about it and then people can react um, but if any if anyone gives us the rams patriots super bowl you're getting unfollowed ed you <laughs> you aren't allowed to say that because you liked the rams patriots super bowl well it's difficult to say i liked it i didn't actively dislike it as much as the rest of you did but i, I can't honestly say that i liked it it was an ass game um Especially as well because it came the year after the the like Philly special Super Bowl with Nick Foles gunslinging yeah. it. Like it just felt Speaking, like that's such... another game for you to watch. Yeah, if you haven't seen one time. I watched that at your house. Did you? Oh yeah, you did. Yeah. Of course you did. There you go. Anyway, back that was to... when people were allowed in each other's homes. Yeah. God, may it come back soon. Um. Anyway, there is one final game left. <laughs> final game of this wild card weekend and it is the Cleveland Browns at the Pittsburgh Steelers at Heinz Field um, this could have been an incredibly exciting game and it still could be I think it I think it still will be but the only problem is is it feels like the Browns having this COVID outbreak is just going to be like I mean it already is turning into a giant distraction for everyone involved and it just feels like just just let the playoffs happen. Like, why did the COVID thing have to happen? Stop getting in this... COVID. You're ruining my playoffs. No, it was just like, oh, this could have been like really fun. And now Kevin Stefanski is going to miss the game. And so is Joel Betonio. Isn't... And it's just going to be like, eh. Yeah, Joel, Rough. Joel Betonio is a, a worrying casualty. I mean, can't Kevin Stefanski just call the plays from his sofa? Well, he could do. And this is the sort of thing. But... I mean, Isn't they'll work on a game the, plan. Yeah, the, they'll definitely I do that. They'll have like at least for the first half or something, or yeah. like a, a quarter at a time. But isn't the isn't the special teams coach calling the plays on the day? Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's their emergency like head coach. Uh, but 
Yeah, like you say, Joel Batonio being out is the more worrisome one because he can't exactly put out a laptop in midfield and just block from there. <laughs> they still have um, what's his name the uh, the other guard who's like the best guard of the year. What's his? Oh, uh, somebody white is Ben Wyatt. Ben uh, Wyatt Teller. Wyatt Teller. Ah, that's it. That's the one. Yep. Because um, he has been absolutely insane down the stretch, and I just wanted to see whether he's he's that, healthy. That Cleveland O-line is damn good. It is. Which is something that I've not said since Andrew Thomas was there. And even still, when Andrew Thomas was there, there were still four pieces of that O-line that were complete (laughs) trash. He was a fucking all-pro level left tackle playing on a team filled with fucking practice squad guys. Poor Joe Thomas. Deshaun Deshaun Kaiser was there as well. He was. Where's Deshaun Kaiser? I'm sorry. Where is Deshaun Kaiser? I mean, I feel like this is the so many questions, not, not enough answers <laughs> segment of the week. Where is Deshaun Kaiser? Where in the world is... Guaranteed Sam's going to spell his first name wrong on his phone. I, I know exactly how to spell Deshaun Kaiser. How have you spelled it, Sam? D-E-S-H-O-N-E. Oh, oh he's nailed it. Of course he so like when you. He's talking about... A, he's I'm been keeping an eye on these tense. mediocre quality. I'm part of the zeitgeist now. <laughs> you are the zeitgeist. <laughs> Can I ask a question to you, Tom, just while Sam's researching this? Go on. Do other people call Larry Fitz Laszlo Fitz, or is it just the two of us? Uh, I don't know, but I don't know why you saying just the two of us fits so well in this. Oh, one he's on the Titans. He's on the Titans practice squad. Ah, ah see. Great. So postseason football for Deshaun Kaiser then. Um. Just to quickly, before we actually talk properly about either team's chances in this game, uh, a bit of news that I forgot to mention during the Ravens-Titans uh, game is, um, I think, I can't remember his first name, but there's a an old quarterback uh, prospect from a, from a couple of years ago that I think ended up on the Bills practice squad that the Ravens have brought up as... Harry Jackson. Yeah, as a tight end have they? He's a he's a two hundred and fifty pound six foot three quarterback, and they've turned him into a tight end. So they've dungied him. They've dungied him, which means <laughs> get Eric Dungy to the postseason. Damn it! Oh, can you imagine next next season? Detroit come around. Oh, <laughs> Eric With Dungy, Ho- Hawkinson and Dungy. <laughs> oh God! Imagine the imagine the domination. <laughs> Marching up and down Ford Field. <laughs> well, there's rumours that maybe Zach Ertz is uh, leaving the Eagles this year, and maybe maybe that's a guy that they could get in. Eric Dungy to the Eagles. Find the nest. <laughs> <laughs> right. Shall we? Shall we discuss Brown Steelers in more detail, or rather, Sam? Shall we allow Tom to discuss Brown Steelers in more detail? <laughs> no, I want. I, I'm happy to hear what you guys have to say first. And just um, tell you whether or not you're wrong. I mean, I like it, it's kind of stacked against the Browns. They've, they've, I don't think they've practiced. I don't think they they'll get a chance to practice before the game. Is that right? Uh, they might be able to practice on a Saturday. I'm not entirely sure, but they've definitely been doing all of their like workout uh, stuff on like online. Yeah, like, 
And with with Stefanski not being there, and with like Joel Batonio out, like it'll it'll be a tall order. But I certainly don't think that you know Pittsburgh have been consistent enough the past five or six weeks to merit you know straight cut. I think that the same could potentially be said about the Browns, though. I mean, we've seen. I don't. I don't think that yeah. in the same stretch of Pittsburgh losing their games and and playing poorly, I don't think that we can really say that the Browns have particularly played too well. I mean, they lost to the Jets. Yeah, and I granted think... that was down to wide receivers not. Well, like, yeah, I think that, available, but... I think that was a bit of an aberration. Yeah, I, I take that result with a pinch of salt, but yeah. I, do, but even... I do agree with you. They've not they've not looked like world beaters recently. And yeah. again, we mentioned it in the in the roundup. But that Browns win over the Steelers in Week 17, I don't think really is much of a, a positive sign for Cleveland because that was first well, I mean, string think... healthy Browns, and uh, it it was it was way closer than they ever <laughs> needed it to be. Yeah, I mean, way the... closer. They'll know the context of that win. They'll know, you know, there was Mason Rudolph that they were, you know, playing against rather than Big Ben. But regardless, it's still, you know, the result is the same. And I think if for nothing else but, like, you know, morale, they're going to go into this, even with all the issues they've had, you know, it's still still going to be a motivating factor, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. My my thing with this game, and I, I'm I feel like I'm flogging a dead horse a little bit, but I am so worried. I think that the Steelers are great on defense. I think they've got an underrated special teams unit. I think they're very good on special teams. I am so scared of the what happens to this team when they need to rely on the run game. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I have not seen a team run the ball worse all the year. The thing, the thing about this is that the, I'd say that the best run game that the Steelers have had all season happened to come in the thirty-eight to seven win over Cleveland at Pittsburgh uh, at Heinz Field back in Week Four. It was it was very much a case that the aerial attack didn't really get used very much, um, and it was quite a lot of James Connor running the ball up the gut. And that was, like I say, our best our best running performance of the season. I think I do agree with you. I do think that the run game is a huge concern. It's it's the reason as to why I don't have Pittsburgh going any further than this wild card. But at the same time, the run game played well against Cleveland, and they didn't really deal with it very well. Um, it's gonna be it's it's. It's going to be an interesting matchup, I think, but at the same time, I'm I'm not I'm not too sure. I don't think you I don't think you need to worry, but I think if you're down, if you're down a couple of sort of maybe like a like ten points at any point during this game, then I worry about your ability to climb back out of the hole without sort of being able, you know, because as soon as as soon as you're in a position where you need to score points, I think that what's happened is that the Cleveland Browns can just sort of key in on the pass and then there's not a lot you can do. 
Yeah. Um, that's, that's the fear. And whilst I don't think that, I don't necessarily think the Steelers will get in that position. Like if things don't go their way, then I worry about their ability to escape that hole. I think it's. I think that the Steelers' issue this year has been less about climbing out of holes, though. It's when we are ahead that things get look a little shaky. Like it usually comes down to a Minka Fitzpatrick uh, pass deflection or a pass breakup or like a big sack in a key situation that the Steelers defend sends its kicks. Like against the Colts, we were down. What twenty four to three uh, going into the going into the second half and it was looking bleak and everything and the and the team rallied around the passing game and I think I think that yes I agree that it makes us a little bit more one dimensional I do think though that um, the way of how this team has actually come out of quite a few holes because we've been down in a fair few games um, I mean it was mentioned back before like the giant win streak and stuff that we played against the Texans and we were down to the Texans and then we came back and uh we played against obviously the Ravens and we had to come back in that game it was it was the game against Tennessee that gave me the biggest fucking shit and it was because we were ahead by 28 to 10 going into the second half we'd controlled the game and it it just felt like offensively there was no run game to stack upon and it got a bit one dimensional from like Randy Feekner's play calling and that's the that's the issue I think more than more than coming out of a hole it's if Cleveland get in a hole of 10 points are we going to stop them better or are we going to let them come back in because again like most of this season has been the Steelers have been down by 10 points and then overcome it Um, it's the games that we do poorly in that are the games that we end up like ahead. Like I mean, even in the Philadelphia game, like we never fully put them away, but we racked up forty plus points on them because Chase Claypool had like a four touchdown day. It's like those are the performances that worried me more than the games that we lost. Like, yeah, I d- I don't That's... think that Cleveland's defense as well is as strong as people want to want to say. They've been Certainly very the line is strong, but yeah, they struggle I mean, at linebacker. They struggle in the secondary. And, Certainly struggle at safety. And yeah, especially at safety because Rodney Harrison is now uh, out with COVID as well. So they get Andrew Sendejo back, who has been arguably one of the worst safeties coverage wise in the NFL. He and always was. <laughs> yeah, he always was. He 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 sucked ass. And they really get against the run, but yeah, yeah, awful in coverage. I think I think that the game planning against Baker Mayfield will be will be strong enough. I feel like the thing that it comes down to is whether or not the Browns can get uh, Nick Chubb running against a rested, healthy Steelers D line because Cam Hayward comes back, Alex Highsmith has stepped up huge, TJ Watt comes back from like being rested. There's a lot of pressure to come off the edge and up the middle. Stefan Tuitt is having a a quietly all pro level year of eleven sacks, second in pressures behind TJ Watt. I think I think that Stefan Tuitt has flown under the radar, weirdly enough. Um and this is coming off of as well. He had a he had a torn pectoral injury um that put him out from week four up until the rest of the season last year. Um if it wasn't for the fact that Alex Smith had performed to a relative level and he'd had 
all of the story. I think maybe to it could have been in a conversation, perhaps. But I, it, with Alex Smith there, I don't think I don't think that there's anything there. But yeah, I think it it mainly comes down to Cleveland's run game versus the Steelers. I don't yeah. I don't think that the the Browns have enough to overcome the thing. But congratulations on getting there, Cleveland. Oh um, yeah. It's just going to be well Big Brother that takes you out of it again. I mean, I can I like you'll you'll know that I'm a Brown sympathizer, and I really, I'd I'd just love for them to to like find some of that form again from like earlier this season where they got blown out by the Ravens and Steelers. I was going to say something nice about Minka Fitzpatrick, but I'm not going to anymore because that was mean. Go on. He doesn't deserve it. Go on. No, as as I say, you don't deserve it. Go on. No. Just... What I was gonna what I was gonna say is that even though he perhaps hasn't got the numbers that he had last year, Minka Fitzpatrick was incredible this year. Oh, absolutely. That's all. That's all I was gonna say. Okay, now say something to dampen his ego. There is no um, no. There is no ego to dampen. I just spent the last few minutes talking about how the the offense is like shit when we get up. By a few scores, that's true. Yeah, um, the the Heinz narrative looks has, like has a gone... paint advert. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> I can't argue with it. Yeah. Um, well, that about rounds it off. Before we go, quick little uh, awards predictions. <sighs> Why are we yeah. doing quick? Wait, do you guys have to shoot? Well, I, I, I don't. I, mean, have I want to, to at some I... point. Uh, yeah, not not. It's okay. I have time straight away. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know whether or not we were on like a thirteen-minute fucking like. Well, I tell timer. you what. Let me just let me just go and turn on the oven. Talk amongst yourselves for a moment. Right. Well, I mean, oh, and, and, and a hot I, tick. I don't have to mute your mic. So he's not muted his mic. Of course he hasn't. He's muted it. Are there are there just normal like offensive and defensive player of the year awards, or is it just rookies? No. So there's there's. The MVP, there's the coach of the year, yeah. there's comeback yeah. player of the year, offensive and defensive player the of the year, and yeah. then the offensive and defensive rookie of the year. Okay. And then there's like positional based awards, so like the best linebacker, all that bullshit. We don't, we don't care about that. Bollocks to that. We'll just go for the, for the main ones. Absolutely. Um, um, what do you think? Ed will say for his. What do you think Ed will say for his MVP? I think Ed will say for his MVP, Patrick Mahomes. Really? Yeah, I, I think the the Dalvin Cook thing ran out of steam when Derek Henry racked up five hundred more yards than him. Oh the yeah, year. the 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 Dalvin Cook thing was uh, optimistic at best. Yeah, and then like Aaron Rodgers is a packer so it's not going to be him and ed really likes patrick mahomes as we all do to be fair but you know even though i think i mean yeah rogers played better oh yeah uh, he's aaron Rodgers is gonna get it okay <laughs> who's who who do you think is gonna be what ed says for his mvp um yeah i'd probably say mahomes yeah okay what's he what's he munching on now he's chowing down on something what you got ed I thought you only went to to turn the oven on. I also fed the cat while I was there. Did and, you um, partake yourself? I'm tucking into a 
a sort of a slice of a loaf of Forge Bakehouse sourdough. Ooh, Forge Bakehouse is good. Yeah. Very good. Um, right. We'll start out with MVP. It's the it's the real crowning glory of the award. Ed, who's your MVP of the 2020 NFL season? TJ Watt. No, it isn't. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> no, it isn't. It's Aaron Rodgers. Ooh, okay. That's a surprise. We were both speculating and we thought that you'd say Mahomes because you don't like the Packers. I don't like the Packers. I especially don't like Aaron Rodgers, but... You can't argue it, with what yeah. he was able to do this year. Yeah, yeah. Even even with Patrick Mahomes, like I think, I think it would be hard to argue for for his play, sir. Yeah. Um, no complaints here. Uh, I feel like Aaron, that's pretty unanimous. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers MVP. Um, did Emma have any comments about who she thought was MVP this Ooh. year? Um, I think we're both pretty set on it being Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's he's been the best. He has been the best. I think, uh, was it the statistic of there is no quarterback that's had a higher average quarterback rating than Aaron Rodgers this year than yeah. 2011 where Aaron Rodgers had a slightly <laughs> higher quarterback rating? Yeah. <laughs> in yeah. What was unanimously yeah. one of the greatest quarterback seasons of all time? I think Aaron Rodgers... Basically, had like a bounce back year from sort of the last four, where it felt like he was coasting a little bit. But this yeah. year, it's it's come from he is pissed off. I think, and maybe it's entirely because they drafted Jordan Love. But it feels like he's a man on a mission to prove that he is one of the best quarterbacks of all time. I was about to say we were we were slamming the Packers. Everyone was slamming the Packers for drafting Jordan Love for that. Turns out to be a masterstroke. Yeah. Oh. You don't need to give him more weapons. You just need to piss him off. <laughs> Fueled by spite. Yeah. Well, we always talk about angry runs, but it felt like Aaron Rodgers was just throwing angry passes all through all fucking yeah. year. Do you think next like, year he'll be off. throwing he'll be throwing angry passes to Jordan Love Titan? <laughs> <laughs> Put an extra a bit of extra mustard on it. They're gonna get Taysom Hill back, and they're gonna run three quarterback sets. <laughs> I'd do it. I don't see why more teams don't do it. <laughs> Mostly because it's a poor idea. But sure. Um I'm gonna yeah. what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna make a little note uh on, on our thing uh award shouts. Can uh, we send them all uh, either like an email or a tweet and just say you win our awards? Yeah, is fuck it. Yorkshire Terrier in your mouth? Let's just do... Should we do Offensive Player of the Year? NFC? NFC Offensive um, Player of the Year. Sure thing. Uh, you're going to hate me, Ed. Devontae Adams. Yeah. That's that's a that's a perfectly yeah. valid pick. Yeah, I think I'd say Devontae Adams too. The, yeah. The other guy... I mean, if you're going to say Devontae Adams, Sam, uh, then I might mix it up and say Alvin Kamara. That was the only... That was the only name that really popped into my head. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I might I might be accused of bias here, but I am going to say Delvin. Of course, I, th- I think that's fine. I don't think I don't think that I'll be stoned in the street for thinking Delvin had a good season. No, I mean it's certainly not you know indefensible. <laughs> Thank you. There you go. 
Offensive um, Player of the Year, AFC. Who are we thinking? There's only one answer. Derek Henry. Yeah. Derek yeah. Henry. It has to be Derek Henry. It's Derek Henry. I mean, post shit that rocked the world, <laughs> Lamar Jackson maybe, but like <laughs> Derek's been doing it all year, so yeah, he has. And it's it's a shame because Deshaun Watson like led the league in passing yards. Yeah. I feel like that one was because everyone else ahead of him was rested week 17 <laughs> and if Josh Allen wasn't rested then he immediately got taken out for Matt Barkley once they put up 40 points on the Dolphins like Mahomes was only 100 yards behind him but even still poor Deshaun Watson who is currently on the brink of being traded away from the Texans for his own sake and I say do it Deshaun I, please I can't, I can't envision him getting traded but it's, could it's... anyone envision De- DeAndre Hopkins getting traded? Well, yeah. For absolutely Equally, nothing. Bill O'Brien isn't there now. Mm, true. Bill O'Brien was the architect of that trade, right? Yeah. 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 It was entirely his fault. He's ruined an entire franchise <laughs> forever. Uh, yeah. I mean, at least for three, like, at least three years. The Texans are a ruined team. But this oh, is yeah. the thing. It's one of those things that will put them f- so firmly in the basement that they'll be stuck Detroit Lionsing for at least ten years. <laughs> You know, where they get, like, a, a small bit of hope and, like, someone good comes along and then they instantly ruin them again. I mean, to be fair, not since, you know, not since the sort of Calvin Johnson, Barry Sanders debacles in Detroit have we seen teams mismanage their own star talents to this. Matthew level. Stafford has been mismanaged <laughs> by the Detroit Lions by making him incredibly injury-prone because yeah, of I... how poorly they protected him. Okay, well, fine, and we can throw Andrew Luck in there as well. We absolutely like... can, yeah. Fuck the Colts for doing that. Okay. Coach of the year, anyone? I'd be tempted by Kevin Stefanski. I was thinking Kevin Stefanski. Stefanski, certainly up there. Brian Flores? Brian yeah. Flores is another shell. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just trying to think, really. Um, yeah. Yeah, nope. yeah I can't really... I mean, Sean McDermott. Oh yeah. Oh, well. for winning I mean, the AFC could... East. By that merit, kind of should Matt Lafleur. Yeah. Potentially, they like they, <laughs> you know, they've been working at this level for you know a little bit now. And well, it's probably because of the fact that if we were to do a worst coach of the year, Mike McCarthy might end up in there. How could Mike McCarthy not end up in there? That that might that defense was the worst defense in the NFL from week one to like week nine. That was on Mike Nolan though. Yeah, but McCarthy hired Mike Nolan. I thought that Mike Nolan was already there. No, because didn't he bring him in? He's like this weird like sixty Bs and run plays thing. No, I think Mike Nolan might have been there automatically. Anyway, I think he was there from the uh, Jason Garrett days. Maybe, but regardless, he does deserve to be in that in that bracket because he is just trash. Um, Head, shoulders, knees, and turds, knees and turds. Sam, are you saying Stefanski? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd really want to say Flores. I'm going to say Sean McDermott. Oh yeah, yeah, I'll say Kevin Stefanski. I'll say Brian Flores. Let's. 
Let's just let's really split this difference. Yeah, we've only got two unanimous ones, and everyone else is just on a fucking three-way tie right now with one vote. Get involved, <laughs> everyone. Um, defensive. Yeah, open this up on Twitter. That's yeah, what we need to do. I will actually. I'll put out a poll with all of our four suggestions, including when there's a unanimous vote, because nobody else gets to say when. <laughs> that one. Uh, defensive player of the year for the AFC. It's TJ Watt. It's TJ Watt. Yeah. It's it, 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 no no contest. There's literally no. no contest there. I'm sorry, but how many sacks is he up to now? Fifty. Well, was he at the end? Well, but he didn't Jesus. play week seventeen. Uh, yeah. He also had an interception. He had uh, three forced fumbles. Quite a few pass deflections. He, he. I think he led the league in QB hits and QB pressures. He just. And this is coming as well. Like, have you noticed that um, guys don't really get holding calls in the NFL? How many holding calls have you seen with your own eyes this year? Would you say lots more than were called? Yeah, Actually, I I see this sometimes, and I have to assume it's because there's some interpretation of the rules that I don't understand and don't care to. There isn't. There isn't. The moment that someone gets by you and you grab hold of them or you grab hold of inside of their jersey or you grab hold of the neck, for example, which happens a lot to TJ Watt, um, then it is automatically a holding call. But the referees, I think it might have something to do with the fact that last year there were so many holding calls that they scaled it down. But they scaled mm. it too far and now we've gone too far and now O-linemen just get away with just grabbing by the neck. I think that that's a perfectly fair assessment of what's happened. Yeah, I don't because I do agree with you. Yeah. I don't know enough about football to say whether that's true or not. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, we're just sort of left to the to the shady men in the background, the shadowy league figures, as around the NFL likes to call them. That's <laughs> that's what's being run right now. But yeah, TJ Watt led the league in uh, QB hits, QB pressures, and sacks, all while basically getting held every play. So, um. NFC Defensive Player of the Year. It's Aaron Donald for me. Aaron Donald is the the easy pick. It's very it's hard to argue against Aaron Donald. Like I've been thinking about it for a while, and then my first instinct, what like up until week six, it was Vita Bay of me one hundred percent. Like mm-hmm. yeah. that six game stint was some of the best D D tackle play I've ever seen. Yeah, but yeah, I think it probably has to be Aaron Donald. Can we have a kind of honourable mentions? I mean, you can make your pick the honourable mention if you really want. Well, but I can't really... You can't really justify it. I can't justify picking it as the kind of, you know, actual pick. Well, give us a most improved then or something like that, because you're going to say Blake Martinez. No. I was going to... I just want... Like, there are a lot of pieces of the Giants' defense that have been fantastic. I think James Bradbury has been... He's he great. He's been a Pro Bowl corner this year. Yeah, I, I he's been great all that. year. Um, I just wanted to mention him. Obviously, Blake Martinez has been, you know, good. I can't really argue with Aaron Donald. I've no one else. Yeah. Well, the good thing is, is because this is going out onto the waves anyway, uh, it's not as though this is just us deciding the Twitter poll. You are going to get to express your opinion on James Bradbury being a good cornerback. There you go. Fuck it. 
James Bradbury. All right. Okay. James well, Bradbury. Now we come on to the uh, the interesting one. Um, offensive rookie, AFC and NFC. Or do we make this into a split, into like a league-wide thing and actually have the debate go into it? I'd say league-wide. Yeah. I know this because you guys just want to debate me. It yeah, is I, entirely because I've li- of that. I've content. listened to the Tuesday episode. I know what this crack is going to be. Well, equally, it, it's a it's a perfectly good debate to have. I think that's it, true. If if this was any other year, literally any other year, then I don't think it would be questioned like Justin Jefferson getting this. But but Justin uh, Herbert was sixth in the league for passing yards. He holds the record for passing yards by a rookie, passing touchdowns by a rookie. He also wasn't meant to play. Yeah. He got he got thrown in on a whim because the fucking Chargers team doctor is the real MVP of the season and punctured <laughs> Terry Taylor's lung. Poor old lung. Tom, is that man coming down the hill on his bike? <laughs> he, he is. I'm sorry if you could hear that again in the background. It's an, It's been a recurring thing this season while we've all been thrust inside. That the man on the bike rides down the hill. Uh, I, don't, I don't want to know what you're doing inside. <laughs> Tom's been thrusting inside. <laughs> um, yeah, Justin Jefferson is the offensive rookie of the year. Like, I... I, I how can you say that with the the season that Justin Herbert's had? Like, with such certainty? Because Justin Herbert has... He's played out of his mind in some games, but he's had all, he's also had some games where he's been responsible for team losses. He's, he's played well, but not elevated the team, which is the expectation on him as a quarterback, right? Justin I mean, Jefferson... Has not had a bad game. Justin Jefferson has not had a bad snap. I think it's also a thing like you're going to talk about how Justin Herbert uh, caused the team to lose, but it wasn't Justin Herbert's fault that oh, they no, lost. They lost. They lost Aston Eckler in like week three, yeah. and then we're stuck with Justin Jackson, a rookie who wasn't very good, and I can't even re- remember the name of the other guy. Mm-hmm. Just I want to say it, something pool. It's not pool. I I don't know who it is. Um, Justin Jackson is a great follow on Twitter for those that want, you know. Yeah, that. shout out to Justin Jackson, everyone. Uh, Another Justin. Yeah, but it, I think I think in terms of the fact that Herbert had absolutely no run game for so long. Um, Keenan Allen missed quite a lot of time as well during the season. They yeah. didn't have an O line. They just immediately lost most of their O line pieces in like week one or preseason just through injury. So yeah, they didn't I have think, an O line. I think um, looking at that kind of strips it of any context. What do you or mean? Looking at it that way, as in kind of, you know, he had. X bad games, he had X bad snaps, he made this many mistakes. I think it strips it of the context of the team that he had to work within and the roles that they had. And That's it's a very, very fair and astute point. I will, I will definitely take that. In fairness, like the games that Justin Herbert played poorly in 
were also the games in which the entire Chargers team played poorly. Yeah. Like it wasn't just in Herbert's fault that the special teams fell apart against the Patriots. Like he didn't help matters, but when you're 21 points down because of your punt team or your kicking team, you've basically fucked it already as a rookie quarterback going up against New yeah. England and Bill Belichick. Plus, we also mentioned, like I say, the play calling this season was downright abysmal. For example, making him do a QB sneak with 10 seconds left against Buffalo after wasting the previous 50 seconds. Like, the, <laughs> yeah. a lot, a yeah, lot of situations on... went against Herbert this year. And that's not on Justin on. Herbert, but I'm also not counting that against him. Honestly, I this I'm not going to call it bias, but I have watched an awful amount of Vikings play this year, and I can tell you that on most snaps, Justin Jefferson was the best player on the field. If, if he wasn't not, a Viking, we wouldn't be having this conversation. If he wasn't a Viking, then we would be having this conversation if I'd watched as much of him as I have. Who performed better then? Dalvin Cook or, or Justin Jefferson? Cause Jefferson. You'd say Jefferson. Honestly, Jefferson was... If you, if you told me that he'd been in the league five years, I'd be like, oh, sure. His, well, his mean, route yeah. running is that good. His Oh, don't get me wrong. I think he's the best wide receiver in this class. 100%. Absolutely 100%. I just don't... I, uh, it's just... Oh, it's a bit hard to to. Yeah, I'd 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 say Justin Herbert. I don't think anyone could really argue with that. Well, I think I that either I think that either counts as a as a very good pick. Oh, there's certainly incredibly strong arguments to be made for both. Mm-hmm. Like, as we, as not... we've heard, actually. Yeah, yeah, and like you know, like I said, any other year it'd be you know just give him the award already. Mm-hmm. There's also yeah the the next two guys up their names both begin with J as well. <laughs> Jonathan Taylor and James Robinson. Oh, James Robinson undrafted. Yeah, that's insane to me. I always like I still like can't you know, believe it when these undrafted guys come in and perform at that level. Do you know the story about how James Robinson made his way to Jacksonville? Is it one that I'm going to have to cut? No, it's um. Dave Caldwell, the um, the GM down in Jacksonville, they'd got to the end of the draft and said, he was like, oh, okay, so now we need to pick up a running back. And his wife said to him, do you remember that guy James you went to see? And Doug, um, Dave Caldwell didn't even twig until the next day because he was so certain that James Robinson had been drafted that he <laughs> didn't look. Really? Yeah. Wow. Oh, my God. Okay, that is impressive. I, I I like that. I mean, it's impressive fucking incompetence from Dave Caldwell's point of view. <laughs> you can see why he was immediately fired, but at the same time, good job with, uh, with James Robinson. Oh. Okay. Um, Defensive player of the year. Defensive rookie of the year. Before we move over to that, you did say that the next two guys, are, one of them was Jonathan Taylor. I do, well, yeah. I do disagree with that because he had 12 weeks of pure, unadulterated meh. I think yeah. that James Robinson was definitely the third guy. But that's fair. That's it, fair. Yeah. It wasn't. It yeah, wasn't I'd agree Taylor with that. For um, but we move on to defensive player of the well, defensive rookie of the year. There's a few guys here. The the it was quite obvious to me from week one to week eight that it was going to be 
as Chin. Chin. However, Chase Young with absolutely high performances throughout the rest of the season, carrying this this pass rush, it felt like, um, and basically helping to turn the Washington defense into a bit of a juggernaut coming into the playoffs. They are riding high, and it is off of the back of one of the nicest guys in football right now, Chase Young. I mean, athletically, he... His past rush moves need refinement. Yes. But athletically, the last player, I think, who looked that good year one athletically. I'm talking like you're talking like Von Miller. You like, are. That's, yeah. That's that, that's as far as it goes. And that's crazy. He is the epitome of what guys want to get when they draft someone so high up. Um in the same like what happened to Josh Allen, the the edge rusher that was taken by was it Jacksonville? Seventh overall. Seventh overall. He's pick. having a very productive career down in Jacksonville. See that that just it slipped under the radar to me. Well, weirdly. there's him. There's Brian Burns is a very Brian good. Burns, yep. Yeah, I'm. I'm. There's a fair amount of sweat again. I mean, he's a perfectly serviceable pass rusher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you could even. I mean, I'm at loss. Could even I'm, call him good. I'm at loath to do this because I thought it was a bust when he came out. But even Marcus Davenport for the Saints has had a relatively good season. Yeah. Um, but it comes down to really whether or not you value making the postseason or not. Because Jeremy Chin for... I mean, even like after the first eight weeks was still good. It's not like he dropped off. He just got overtaken by Chase Young because Chase Young stepped up to the level of a great pass rusher that's been in the league for a few years just purely because of athletic talent and this the thing is is he needs refinement in his passing uh, in his pass rushing game but you've got that building block mm-hmm. um it should also be said as well that he is a dominant run defender he is it's in it is very difficult to run the ball anywhere near Chase Young, and that is another sign of a good D lineman. So, I think, in my Young. mind, it's a two horse race between Chin and Chin and Chase Young. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'd I'd definitely say Chase Young as well, but Jeremy Chin is the only other name in that conversation. Yeah. Um, I think that there are quite a few guys that um for both categories. If they'd have had more snaps in the games, uh, could have made runs for it. Uh, I also think that as well, like there are a lot of O linemen in the offensive uh, category that obviously didn't get the attention because O line is such an undervalued position. A neglected position. There were so many good O linemen this draft. You're looking at basically all of the first round tackles, Andrew Thomas. Tristan Wirfs, Jedrick Wills, Mackay Becton have all played fantastically. But mm. this this past draft class was absolutely insane for talent. You had probably one of the most deep wide receiver classes so that even when you're coming into like the third round, there's still guys that are getting big plays, big snaps. You've got Van the, Jefferson. <laughs> you've got yeah. Van Jefferson. You've got guys in the second round. Obviously T. Higgins fell to the second round. You got yep. running backs that were in the second round that have performed spectacularly, like Jake and, uh, J.K. Dobbins. You got 
O-lineman galore, I think that this was one of the most ridiculous offensive pass, uh, draft class I've seen in a long time. I think everyone basically played well. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think of a rookie right now that I would be happy to say is anywhere near the level of a bust. And this is like, I don't think that there is anyone. Ed is eyes widened. It's too early. It's too early to say it, but I'm on to a watch right now. <laughs> I don't. I'm not going to come out. I'm not going to stand out here and say two as a bust because he's got the tools and he's got the place to improve. But he has looked less than stellar. I think it depends on what they do in this draft. Because yeah, thanks to Bill O'Brien, the Dolphins <laughs> have the third overall pick this year. And they also have their own pick, so it means that the Dolphins can again get another two first-round picks, one of them being a third-rounder. They could get Devontae Smith, who is the Heisman Trophy winner, provided as well that Jacksonville take Trevor Lawrence and the Jets take like Penai Sewell or Justin Fields or whoever the fuck they take. They could even trade down, um, but the Dolphins could get Devontae Smith, give Tua an actual pass-catching target, and... Didn't they play together? Didn't Tua play for Alabama? Yes. And yes. Devontae Smith was at Alabama? Alabama. Ah. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Get get Tua's number one weapon and and let him develop in that way. And if it doesn't work out in a year or two, then... Who's the... Um, who's the is it Jamar Chase, the, um, the LSU wide receiver? Uh, yes, I think so. He looks a real talent as well. I think if you pick one of those two wide receivers up, oof. yeah, because there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of guys on that Dolphins team that I think need to go. Um, I think that Devonte Parker is safe, and I yeah, think I, was about to say, oh, yeah. I think that Mike so is, I think that Mike Gesicki is safe, but aside from those two, I don't. I don't think that there's anyone else on that Dolphins team really, like skill position wise, that I'd consider a safe guy. They need on the offense because they've got Xavier Howard. Oh yeah, no, I mean that's what I mean. Like, obviously, defensively, the Dolphins played stellar. Um, Xavier Howard played out of his mind, and uh, Jerome Baker as well as the other guy you were going to say. I know you so well, Tom. You do know me far too well. (laughs) But yeah, there's there's a lot of guys. I think. The, the Dolphins could take and it depends on who they do I don't want to see them take another quarterback I don't want them to see uh, that's it'll never happen uh, yeah I can't I can't understand any of the kind of buzz around that no I can't either but you know NFL executives are weird as well I, maybe it's just coming from the perspective of uh, we could if we wanted to and it'd be like no just just don't but it, yeah um, I think that there's a lot of a lot of talk. Is there anyone else that you'd consider a bust? Uh, not well, not like immediately, but is on. Is on my bust watch. Yeah, <laughs> bust watch. Um, Marlon Davidson, the uh, defensive tackle. I think he went to Atlanta. Mm. He has barely played, and he was one of my favorite D tackles coming out. I, you're gonna you're gonna hate what I'm gonna say, but based off of how little Arizona used him and how little Isaiah I heard Simmons. his name, Isaiah Simmons, I absolutely love the guy coming out of college. Um, but Arizona just haven't found a way to make him click. 
No, and it could come. I mean, he's he's coming out of college. Jeremy Chin is what I thought Isaiah Simmons was going to be. Yeah, there's an irony to that, but like he he's got plenty of time to improve because he was bad for the first few games, but then he settled in and was a perfectly serviceable player. Yeah, um, and I've got one final award before before we say goodbye that I want you both to to chime in on. Uh, oh, sorry, two final awards. One one final playing award. Comeback player of the year. Alex Smith. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, as soon as I said that, I saw Ed lean back, <laughs> clasping his hands because he's been arguing for it all year, even before he actually played a snap. And then when he did play a snap and it was bad, he was like, yeah, no, he's comeback player of the year. But now he's actually in the postseason. It's, it's obviously Alex Smith. Can't can't argue it. Can can you imagine if they manage to get a win over the Buccaneers team? I think I, it's a genuine possibility. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying that I'm, they do it. I'm excited for this game. Yeah. Me too. I'm not excited to look at the colours, but I am def- definitely very excited. You guys for the game. are such fucking like prudes for like different like NFL. It's not, it's not prudishness. It's taste. <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> I disagree with quite a lot of your tastes, Ed. You seem to hate all of the LA uniforms from both Chargers and Rams, whereas Excuse I Excuse think... me, the, the Midnight Chargers uniforms. Oh, sorry, yeah. Apologies, but... The, anyway, the what was your other award? My other award <laughs> was NFL Announcer of the Year. I want to know, I want to know who your best play-by-play or announcer or analyst of the year was. Uh, I can I can give you a quote, Tom, that'll let you know who I think. Go on. I'm calling both games. <laughs> of course it was gonna be Kevin Harlan. Of course it was gonna be Kevin Harlan. <laughs> Sam, do you have any any idea? Um Just don't say Jonathan Vilmer and we're golden, as far as I'm concerned. I mean the only what like the only recognizable figure for me at this point in my kind of blossoming uh, involvement in the sport is like the the Romo Nance combo. I'm gonna I'm gonna swing one out of left field because I absolutely love Kevin Harlan, but unfortunately because I was sat watching Red Zone for most of the fucking season, I didn't get to hear very many Kevin Harlan calls. And you also Scott Hansen. I'm not gonna miss Scott <laughs> Hansen, but that could be a fucking left wing. Uh, Left field. You left mean. field. I mean, you might be left wing. I don't, I'm not prepared to put a political ideology on him. Um, I was gonna, I was gonna potentially say, I've given him shit in the past, but the amount of games that I watched where Joe Buck was absolutely phenomenal in terms of being a play-by-play guy, I've warmed to Joe Buck and his dry delivery of basically everything. I really like Joe Buck. Is Joe Buck? The ex cowboy. No, that's no. Troy Aikman. Troy Aikman, the... his booth Aikman. partner. Yeah. Okay. Who was also fantastic this year. The Buck Aikman partnership eclipsed Romo and Nance for me this year. Nothing eclipses Romo and Nance. It did but they for were, me. They were good. They were good. But... That, uh, for some reason, the, the Romo and Nance ones, I, I spent a lot of time listening to them this year because they were on a lot of Steelers games. And like some of the some of the situations where like 
Romeo would say a thing. I felt like he lost a little bit of his magic. I don't know whether or not I'm just used to it a bit more now, but it just um, didn't feel the same way. Tom, he's not he's not as floral in his language as Kevin Harlan, but no one calls out plays before they happen the way Tony Romo does. I agree, but at the same time, like he he didn't do it very much. Is all I'm saying. There was quite a lot. I think it might have been entirely because nobody knew what the Steelers like when they I, went I into tell you. no when they went into fucking no huddle and when they weren't in no huddle. I could have fucking done Tony Romo's <laughs> job, so that's probably why I didn't do it. But the Joe Buck games, I don't know whether or not it's because like I got to hear more like more of the Romo Nance and like it wasn't really as special because like i was just listening to romo do the same things for the same team but yeah book book aikman were were my two but joe book gets the shit but i've I've come around to his his sense of uh sense of calls and i defer my vote you can do it if you want yeah, I feel like I've not watched enough full games to warrant a, a meaningful vote. All right, guys, let's call a time of death on this. this can time. I can I have a symbolic vote for John Motson? Of course, you can as do long it, as, you as can long do as you say Roddy Yeager, but with a like squeak in your voice. I don't think I've ever heard John Motson say Roddy Yeager. He has. <laughs> what Roddy <a> Yeager. <laughs> 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 Oh, see, I was gonna do like a, a who do you think the worst guy was, but then it was obviously gonna be Brian Greasy, and then we're we're out of here. Mm. All right, then I have to make some tea now, so I'm gonna go. But it was a fucking dream talking to my boys once yeah. again. I enjoyed it greatly. Yeah, can't I... wait to watch some playoff football with you. Oh, here we go, boys. We're here. The playoffs. Ah!